a Monday night football game like no other. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. It ended in the first quarter when a Buffalo Bills player, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed moments after tackling a Cincinnati Bengal. The Bills say he suffered cardiac arrest. His heartbeat was restored on the field and he was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. Fox's Brooks Singman. Both teams coming together for an on-field prayer before returning to their locker rooms. The game would be suspended for over an hour before ultimately being postponed as everyone awaited updates on Hamlin's condition. And there was an outpouring of support for Hamlin, who's just 24 years old, from fans who went to the hospital to players' tweets from around the NFL. The new Congress gets to work today. First order of business in the now Republican-led House, electing a new speaker. Most in the GOP support Kevin McCarthy, but not all. So Fox's Alexandria Hoff says... If McCarthy doesn't win the gavel on the first ballot, a second will be conducted, something that has not happened in a speaker vote in 100 years. 222 Republicans set to be sworn in today, and the number McCarthy must reach is two. 18, so he only has four to lose. Well, five House Republicans say they'll never vote for McCarthy, and nine others could join them. If he or someone else doesn't get the votes needed, the House can't conduct business. New members like Congressman-elect Brandon Williams can't even be sworn in. He told Fox... It's beyond Kevin. Uh, it's really about turning our country around, and it's about standing up to Joe Biden. A police chief is being warned in Brackenridge, Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. Justin McIntyre shot and killed during a foot pursuit. Another officer wounded. Then the gunman carjacked a vehicle. They attempted to stop the vehicle. The vehicle fled. There was a car chase. Allegheny County Police Superintendent Chris Kern says the gunman then crashed, ran into some woods, and was killed in a gun battle with other officers. Brian Koberger is due in court today in Pennsylvania, expected to waive extradition to Idaho to face charges in the November murders of four University of Idaho students. America's listening to Fox News. It all started with the brutal murder of a young married couple. Now, more than 40 years after the couple was found, investigators and forensic genealogists are cracking the case wide open to uncover a stunning second mystery. Where's the baby? I said, well, wait, he had a baby? We cross the country speaking with victims' families and those close to the case as we ask, what about Holly? I just want to know what happened. Available on foxnewspodcasts.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Get all of your favorite Fox News podcasts commercial-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. From Dana Perino, Kennedy, Ben Dominich, The Duffies, and many more. Subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Will South Korea be involved in the U.S.'s management of nuclear weapons for that region? It says yes. Discussions are underway following North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's plan to ramp up nuclear weapon production following a record year of North Korean missile test launches. At a meeting of his ruling party, Kim says his adversary's stance shows a need for him to increase military muscle. The Pentagon has repeatedly reserved the right to respond to aggressors. President Biden was asked about the chance of a round of combat exercises when he got back to the White House Monday, just stepping off Marine One. Despite bluster on both sides, the U.S., South Korea, and Japan say peaceful dialogue with the North can still happen. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. On Wall Street, stocks could rebound to start a new year. Futures up big, nearly 300 for the Dow. This is coming off big losses for 2022. The Dow dropped almost 9% last year. The NASDAQ lost a third of its value. It was a busy sports day besides that injury-marred Monday night football game. There were four college bowl games, Tulane edged USC, LSU routed Purdue, Mississippi State beat Illinois, Penn State topped Utah in the Rose Bowl, and they played hockey outside in Boston. The NHL's Winter Classic was at Fenway Park. A little over 39,000 fans showed up to watch the game at the iconic home of the Boston Red Sox. It's the second time the game has been played at Fenway, and this time the ice was set up parallel to the Green Monster in left field. Jake DeBrus scored two third-period goals to give the hometown Bruins the win. Boston improves its NHL best point total to 62. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. In basketball, Donovan Mitchell became just the seventh NBA player ever to score 70 points in a game. Mitchell put up 71, leading Cleveland past Chicago in overtime. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. 
Good morning. It's cloudy and 71 in Pensacola. Expecting rain. I'm Candy for News Radio 92.3. Victim in this weekend's domestic violence-related shooting death and pace has been identified by family members. 33-year-old Doug Davidson Jr. was shot and killed at a home on Deerwood Circle. This has happened uh, early on Sunday morning. This is one of those awful cases. Uh, our, our hearts just break for that family. Um, but, you know, this is a very, a very poignant reminder of why it's so important that we do everything as a community that we possibly can to put an end to domestic violence. Santa Rosa Chief Deputy Shane Tucker there. And Davidson worked for Florida Power and Light. He had three sons, age three, or I'm sorry, age 13, 11, and two. His wife, 32-year-old Chloe Davidson, is charged with first-degree homicide in his death. She was a former cadet with the Scambia County Sheriff's Office and is currently being held without bond. House fire near Jacksonville last week and led to the deaths of a mother with local ties and her four-year-old son. According to Channel 3, 24-year-old Alexis Fitzgerald and her four-year-old son, Rose, died after a fire broke out in their apartment in Orange Park. Family members say Alexis was a native of Milton and was a 2016 graduate of Milton High School. A concert to benefit the family has been scheduled for this Sunday at the Sandshaker at Pensacola Beach. It will get underway at noon. That's News Radio's Joe Ford reporting. Milton Police Department say the body of a 31-year-old man was found in a storage building that happened late Sunday afternoon. According to Channel 3, Johnny Jean Davis was fatally shot either Saturday or early Sunday. Storage building was located behind a home on Sellers Drive. He still had some jewelry on, and uh, there, there was no indication of robbery. But, uh, you know, we can't rule anything out until, you know, we complete the investigation. Milton Police Chief there, that's Tony Tyndall. He says an autopsy was performed Monday and several people live at the home. And one of the occupants, 24-year-old Christopher Franco, was arrested on outstanding warrants but not related to that homicide. FDLE is assisting in the investigation. The House will vote on a new speaker today under the Republican majority. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy faces an uncertain path in his bid to be the next speaker of the House. It's not clear if McCarthy will lock down the votes necessary to secure the gavel, as at least five conservative Republicans are threatening to vote no to deny McCarthy the 218 votes he needs. McCarthy offered key concessions to his detractors in a House Rules package released Sunday, which includes lowering the vote threshold to oust the Speaker. I'm Mark Mayfield. As 2023 keeps rolling in, so do a lot of new laws and initiatives, in California anyway, they include Dolly Parton. That's right. Just as last year wrapped up, uh, Governor, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced plans to bring in Parton's literacy program. It's called Dolly's Imagination Library, and starting in June, children under the age of five will be eligible to receive a free book in the mail each month in partnership with the Superstars Literacy Initiative. Newsom's office say it'll impact more than 2.4 million children. Program expands statewide with help from the senators Tony Atkins and Shannon Grove, and since 1995, Dolly's Imagination Library has di- distributed more than two million books to children worldwide each month. Here's a look at our forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Showers and thunderstorms will move in through the evening and overnight hours. Severe weather is possible. Make sure you have multiple ways to receive warnings. Overnight tonight, temperatures will be dropping near 69 degrees with that rain chance continuing. For Wednesday morning, storms could still linger with a few storms still remaining strong. High on Wednesday near 72 degrees. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 51 with skies clearing out. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. 71 Pensacola, 72 Gulf Breeze, and 70 in Milton. Our next news at 5.30 and breaking news anytime. It's Candy for News Radio 92.3. What if I told you there was more than one way to listen to your favorite news talk station in Pensacola? You probably already know that you can hear News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 97.3 and on the AM dial at 16.20. But did you know you can also listen to News Radio on the FM dial at 95.3? You can also stream us live online at newsradio923.com or by downloading our mobile app. Just look for News Radio Pensacola in your app store. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now.
begin with the latest on Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin. The Bills say Hamlin is sedated and is in critical condition after he collapsed on the field following a tackle against the Cincinnati Bengals. The team adding overnight that Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest and his heartbeat was restored on the field. CPR was administered for several minutes before Hamlin was lifted into an ambulance. The sports world shaken by the moment. It was surreal to watch. And I I, I was oh watching this on delay because I don't ever watch uh, typically football. I never watch live unless it's the Super Bowl because then it's, you know, you're watching the commercials. But um, I watch all my games on fast forward. You know, sometimes I watch all the plays. Like, I was watching all the plays in the Illinois-Mississippi State game yesterday because that's my team. You know, I graduated from Illinois. And sometimes I'm just kind of watching to see if there's anything weird or interesting or worth paying attention to that happens, like, in the... um, was there another team in the Purdue game? I'm not really sure. Because <laughs> they, surely, I mean. they surely didn't play like it. What was the final score? 153 to 0? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, it was about 63 to, 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 to 7. Anyway, the point is, um, watching this game last night, which had been, like, if you watch any football over the weekend, which is all on ESPN for the most part, they, they couldn't stop talking about this game. And I'm not much of an AFC guy, so I didn't really care that much. But here you had two teams that had a combined 13-win streak going. Uh, Two best teams in the AFC, the Bills and the Bengals, are going to be playing. You know, Joe Burrow and um, my brain all of a sudden. Sorry. Um, Oh, uh, Allen. Anyway, they... um, I thought, oh, this is going to be a great game. We get into the first quarter, and, you know, it's interesting. You know, quick shot. uh, uh, One team scores, the other team scores. is fun. You know, looks like it's going to be a good game. And then all of a sudden as I'm kind of fast-forwarding through plays, like, there's nothing happening. There's a whole bunch of people on the field. Like, what? What's going on? And it just kept going and going and going. And, you know, when there's an injury, it's common. You know, play stops. But this was like 20 minutes, a half hour. It was a long time. So I went, you know, and then I, I stopped and I was listening to the commentary, and I thought, oh, God, you know, that's bad. And then I went back and watched the play, and I thought, what happened? He, he, Mar Hamlin was just... You know, he's involved in the tackle. That's about as much as you can say. He's involved in the tackle. It's not particularly violent. It's not particularly hard. It's certainly not the kind of thing where you would think, you know, oh, God, I hope he's okay. So he gets up from the play, and and he's just kind of standing there. They're moving around. About three seconds later, he just collapses, falls right on his back. And, you, you know, like his whole body just quit. And I thought, oh, my God, I, you know, Wow. So apparently, as you heard, you know, he had a heart attack in the middle of And, you know, here's a obviously one of the fittest people on the planet, an NFL player, prime of his career, 24 years old. And, you know, as a safety for one of the top teams, in the NFL. And you think, how could that happen? Well, I don't know. I, I assume we'll find out. But right now we're just praying for him. And, you know, they put the game on suspension for about an hour as ESPN tried to figure out what to do to, you know, as they were talking about this. And nobody knew anything, so all they could do is kind of repeat their concerns, which is fair. That's what you do. All the players were on the field. They were praying, you know, big huddle and everything. And then they did CPR on him for a couple of minutes. They finally cart him off and take him to the hospital. And, God, I hope he's okay. But the folks, you know, it's one of those things where people get injured all the time in football. And you think, well, what's so different about this? Well, what's so different about this is precisely the fact that somebody who you would never think this would happen to and who where it didn't really look all that bad. It's what it reminded me of oddly is, you know, when you're watching NASCAR and they're going around and like your brain knows they're going 180 miles an hour. And when they hit the wall at 140, your brain rationally knows, oh, that could be dangerous. But when you see it happening, it doesn't look like it's that big of a deal typically. You know, if all they do is kind of hit the wall and then bounce back into the infield, it doesn't look like much. But rationally, you know, inside that car is something horrendous going on to somebody's body. Well, same thing here. It might not look like much. And I mean, who knows, but that he had some other condition or something else was going on inside of him. Who knows? But the point is, it doesn't have to look like much if it causes somebody to have a heart attack. That's it. And they canceled the game and everybody went home and... They'll replay the game at some future point. So obviously our prayers are with him, but you could tell that, you know, even like the guys that um, the commentators were just, you know, the the, the football player commentators, not the guys who would be like me, (laughs) you know, the guys that like have seen football, Um, you know, but the guys who have actually played football were just shaking. 
as a man who has built himself up both emotionally, mentally, physically, to be the baddest dude in the world, whenever asked to be the baddest dude in the world, you have somebody you genuinely love and you can't do anything to help him. You have to watch as he can't even breathe for himself. That's not what we're prepared to deal with. Yeah, and you you know, football players, not uniquely football players, but like athletes in general, especially at that age, you think you're invincible. And you, you know, and if you're that kind of a football player, you're you're a professional football player in the NFL, you're Superman. You know, you, of course. And all your friends are Superman, right? And so to see something like this happen is just disturbing for those folks. So obviously we're praying for him, hoping that he's okay. And, um, you know, it, it's it's also a reminder, not that you exactly needed it, but that football is a, a sport that carries risk, you know, serious risk. And that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't mean that, you know, they should have kept playing or something like that. It just means, hey, remember, you know, this is a dangerous thing that people do. 516 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. What you've heard about probiotics is probably wrong. I eat yogurt, so I don't need to take a probiotic. Probiotics? They don't really work. It's time to learn the truth about probiotics and join the Align Healthy Gut Team Up. Align has probiotics to naturally help relieve occasional bloating, gas, and abdominal discomfort. Try Align Probiotics for a month and see how great a healthy gut can feel. Get $2 off your first month of Align at AlignProbiotics.com. Hi, this is Steve Taylor in the newsroom and making my New Year's resolution, which I keep every year. What's my New Year's resolution? To never make New Year's resolutions. Happy New Year! I have a cold, but that's okay. Just me? Really? Do you feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Members of Congress, possibly. <laughs> I mean, maybe a speaker of the House, maybe. Well, so here's the thing: I didn't realize it, but Fox mentioned at the top of the uh, the hour in their newscast that there hasn't been a second vote on a speaker of the House, like as in they didn't get a majority in the first vote in a hundred years. They say that seems that's hard for me to imagine that that's true, but you know, okay, we reported it, so I assume it's right. Um, but you know, if they don't get a speaker, and there are only 218 Republicans. And it's some of this stuff, I be frank, I'm not quite sure how all this works because on the one hand, the representatives elect get to vote on speaker. But again, according to Fox Top of the Hour, if they don't seat a speaker, then they can't conduct business, include they including they can't swear in the new members. So I'm kind of you know, the philosopher in the gang, right? And so I'm chicken and the egg in this thing, and I'm like, well, okay, how can the new members vote on the speaker? Before they're sworn in to be new members, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, noon, we're going to find out how much of a cluster this is going to be because it seems like it's going to be a hot mess. And, uh, you know, there are, again, only four votes to spare. And based on the last count, you've got as many as like 14 that are a no. Representatives Perry, Roy, Gosar, Bishop, Harris, and Clyde, plus representatives elect Luna, Ogles, and Crane. Those are the ones who signed this letter on Sunday. And then the ones who have all along been like, oh, hell no, I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy. You know, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, uh, Good, Rosendale, and Norman. And in fact, Matt was asked overnight. He was in a meeting with Kevin McCarthy overnight. He comes out of this meeting and he's walking down the hallway with the reporters. And, um, <laughs> I found his answers here to be kind of smug and snarky, but that can be mad at times. <laughs> so, you know, just personal. That would be me. The kind of thing I would say, too. So I can't really can't really throw stones. Um, but he's asked about it. And I'm, I don't know if the audio comes out really well, but I'll tell you what he said if it doesn't. How was it productive? so far as that it was brief. I had a brief and productive discussion with Kevin McCarthy. Well, how was it productive? Insofar as it was brief. <laughs> Can you elaborate a bit more? I sure could. See, hmm. <laughs> don't play that game. I sure could. I mean, has he won your support yet, Congressman? No. There, that's the answer, right? The answer is, did he persuade you to vote for him? No. 
Well, you know, 14 votes off 218 is 204. I can do some math. And uh, that puts you 10 short. That's not a win. That's not a majority. That's not a speakership. So eh, it's going to be interesting. Let's say it that way. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at noon. Um, they'll figure it out or we won't have a government. Eh, you know, and we'll probably go on for a little while and then they'll figure something out. Or they won't. We won't have a government. <laughs> you know, because that's how this works. 520 on News Radio 92.3. Candy's got our headlines for us. Candy? That's right. Uh, embattled New York Congressperson elect George Santos is showing no signs of stepping away from the office less than 24 hours before the uh, 118th Congress is sworn in. Republicans sent out invitations to a swearing in ceremony uh, last week in an attempt to use it as a fundraiser, promising a round trip bus ride to D.C., access to the swearing in and a tour of the Capitol grounds. Legal experts say charging people to attend the ceremony, though, violates House assets ethics rules. Um, so it comes after New York Times uh, report led to Santos admitting uh, the so-called embellishing his resume. Have you seen like the stuff he said about it's, his mom? No. Like she was taken by 9-11 and yeah. then she died again in 2016. And he was had three people that he lost in the pulse and his family mm-hmm. escaped the Nazis. And oh, by the way, you were right. He claimed to be gay, but he was married until like a couple of years ago. Yeah, and right. So but I had a gay dad, so. But, but like, everything he said is yeah. a lie. Like, everything, you know, my, what's his name? I don't know, for sure. How can you be certain? We had he, a guy. He said he went to law school and didn't go to law. I mean, you know. Did he do that? To, I something had, about his, had, yeah, oh, and he said he was a, an investor, a banker or something, and that wasn't true. I mean, like, everything the guy said is false. There's a person that I used to work with at TK that we called Mufasa. Now, I haven't seen <laughs> The Lion King, it's but it was Pasma. because he oh, would that's say it, stuff. That's Rafiki. Oh. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's all, but just like, hey, I took the picture that's on Sports Illustrated. It's like, no, you didn't. Well, they couldn't use me because I'm not a licensed photographer. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> but we called him Mufasa behind his back. That's he is funny. a Mufasa. Winter storm expected to move across the central plains and upper Midwest this week, projected to bring heavy snow, sleet, and freezing rain. In the south, officials warning for potential tornadoes. We have a possibility of severe weather that we'll keep an eye on for you. And nobody was that's, in... By the way, that's to, tonight and tomorrow also. We're like a one on the five zone. Oh, okay. Well, but, but still, no. I mean, it's true. We're, 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 in, we're in the threat zone, for sure. And I know that you are sick, but I just may call out then. <laughs> just end up... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody was injured when an if neither one of us shows up, what happens? Dude, I don't know, but aren't you anxious to find out? And you know what? We shouldn't waste it on a sick day, you and I and Danny. And, right, we should have and, a beach day or, uh, or yes, something or dude, going to Orleans whole, We'll have a, right? a red out or whatever it's called and because uh, we're news radio. Gotcha. Uh, no one injured uh, when an 18-year-old pilot made an emergency landing on Route 66, an hour northeast of Los Angeles. A young man was flying three family members to Riverside. He heard a pop in the engine. This happened Monday morning. A small single-engine plane then lost power, forcing the pilot to make an emergency landing on the freeway. Isn't that amazing, though? An 18-year-old pilot, and he landed on the freeway. That's pretty good. Yeah. Did he get his kicks? (laughs) (laughs) On Route 66. I'm too young. I don't know what you're talking about. Low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, man. You can make a joke because everybody's okay. Were you you just on 66, though? You guys are in St. Louis. No, no, no. Whatever. Route 66 (laughs) is awesome. So, (laughs) Tedris, 523. And those are your news headlines. Tedris on Route 66. Oh, the concretes. Those are fantastic. concretes. 523 on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? There was not a lot in news yesterday, but we did catch up on some things. For example, did you know that uh, if you had to guess, if I told you there's a country out there that has made condoms free for everybody under 26 and also, all forms of contraception, including uh, so-called emergency contraception, the morning after pill, which, it, interesting in the U.S., we're now coming out with this clarification that this is not uh, cause an abortion. Eh, there's some fine details behind that claim. Um, but in any case, that's not the point of the story. The point is, there's a country that's basically said that we are making condoms available for everybody. They're not quite to the throwing them out of the helicopter with the frozen turkeys, or the live turkeys, um, like Les Nessman reported on. <laughs> but they are giving them to everybody who wants them under the age of 26. Name that country. Take Texas. A, take a, <laughs> Just kidding. They think they're in their own country. Uh, I guess it's not the United States. It's not. It's France. Oh, okay. Which should probably come as not a big surprise. Ooh, you know, a lot. Maybe if it were Italy or something. I don't know. Do you um, want more French? I'm uh, just kidding. I'm sure no, they're lovely. You know, people. I'm a believer in people. Yeah. Uh, but the reason, STDs. Oh, yeah. They have raging spread of STDs in France, and which, but they're not alone on this. You know, there's a pretty raging spread of STDs all over the world. Um, but they think that this is going to be the solution. Of course, again, not to play the philosopher card, but there's a thing called moral hazard. 
and moral hazard is the idea that if you take a dangerous behavior and you make it safer, uh, not to put you on the spot, but pop quiz, if you make take a dangerous behavior that people want to do and you make it safer, do you get more the same or less of that behavior? Of course you're going to get more of that behavior. That's exactly right. But what do you care if they're over there doing the whatever the mambo is in French? <laughs> you know, lay mambo, horizontal lay mambo. Well, lots of reasons. <laughs> but, you know, the short version is if you think you're going to solve the spread of STDs by giving people, for example, condoms, um, it's like you haven't met people. <laughs> I mean, you just. Yeah, but I bet it's saved a million zillion lives so far. But what you get is a couple of things. Number one is you get more of the activity. Yeah. People think that it's safer. And number two, I, I hate to be the obvious one in the room, but you know, people don't like to wear those. <laughs> I mean, it's not as people don't like that. And so what do you get? You get people who sometimes will, sometimes won't. And so it doesn't solve the problem fundamentally. Now you might get less pregnancy. Maybe you won't. I don't know. We'll see. But you know, Francis, by the way, they're not the only ones. There's a lot of other places that uh, make contraception, particularly condoms, you know, widely available. Every college campus in the United States. Um, Dude, but- I don't know. You get the downtown scratchies once you're always going to make sure somebody wears a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Contraception is free in the UK. Uh, Spain's health system funds uh, lots of different birth control measures. You know, they're, they're certainly not the only ones. That's for sure. 526 downtown scratchies. It is. I don't, what does I it hear. have to do with Palafox? I'm Andrew McKay. Nice. Oh, it has a lot to do with power. <laughs> what you've heard about probiotics is probably wrong. I eat yogurt, so I don't need to take a probiotic. Probiotics? They don't really work. It's time to learn the truth about probiotics and join the Align Healthy Gut Team Up. Align has probiotics to naturally help relieve occasional bloating, gas, and abdominal discomfort. Try Align Probiotics for a month and see how great a healthy gut can feel. Get $2 off your first month of Align at Align Probiotics. My husband, Alex Hussey, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was point man in foot patrol and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and left hand in the explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life-changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. News Radio 92.3. Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, Brian Kilmeade, Dave Ramsey, Bobby Rossi, and Lars Larson. Informative, local, dependable. On top of everything else, I think I'm getting my period. Funny. Perhaps you were not expect, expecting I, Fletch lives. I was not. <laughs> Go Fletch. You oh, checked your fetcher valve. It was. That's <laughs> <laughs> all full of filth and muck. Um, <laughs> y- y- no, because I thought you were going to die. You start oh, cackling and then you start coughing and then I'm like, I can't run this show by myself. Yeah. Four three You're seven. Find out, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> might be. Four th- four three seven sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen twenty. Um, there was also yesterday. You know, the, we talking a lot about this player for the uh, Bills who was taken off the field yesterday. There was another big injury yesterday. Deion Burks uh, was taken off um, in the Purdue LSU game. Uh, He basically hit his head in a, in a tackle, and it didn't, again, did not look all that bad, but it was a long time getting up, and, you know, he's got movement in all of his, his extremities, and uh, he had a thumbs up going off the field, according to ESPN, so that's good. Uh, that game, by the way, that game was um, silly. And around the neighbors, as a crease, Malik neighbors down the sideline, stays in bounds with a cutback. That was 75 yards for Malik Neighbors when it was already 42 to nothing. 
And then with 40 seconds to go, with 40 seconds to go, and Purdue is losing. They're on the losing end of a uh, 56 to 7. Albers on fourth down. It is batted around and intercepted down at the goal line. Rod Wilson with a convoy. Wilson down the side. Well, life on the farm, I kind of laid back, ain't much an old country boy of me can't hack. Early to rise, early in the sack, I thank God I'm a country boy. And I can take you for a ride on my big green tractor. We're just country boys and girls getting down on the farm. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Goodbye, city life. Thank God I'm a country boy. It is time. Yesterday we had a chance to talk for the uh, the last time weekly. And we will be talking to him once a month on the first Monday of the month. So we'll still get, get, keep getting updates this year from Ryan Jenkins, the owner of Jenkins Farms up in Jay, Florida. Uh, but the project was to do this for a year, and we did it for a year. And um, he's so great, and I've had so much response from it that um, I want to make sure that we do continue it to some degree. But, yeah, we'll start. We'll be talking to Ryan once a month and the first Monday of the month at 735 instead of every week like we have been doing. But, Ryan Jenkins, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, man. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing great. I said it was our last weekly installment, but what we're going to do is I don't want to abandon you, and I love the information that you give to our audience, and so we've had such a positive response to this series of interviews that what we're going to do is we're going to do every Monday, the first Monday of the month, is we're going to kind of continue this for a year. So instead of 52, it'll be 12, uh, and we can kind of get caught up in what's going on on the farm over the course of that time and as things happen because every year is different. (laughs) Every year brings its own wrinkles and challenges. So we'll be doing that uh, like I said once a month but um today i just figured it's kind of our wrap-up segment from you know an entire year's worth of conversations i gotta tell you i've i i serious i've had so much positive reaction to this um you're probably going to help us win awards <laughs> from this segment frankly um i've learned a ton i have a deep i i actually went and bought a uh, i was at a secondhand store and i bought a thing that was like farm supplies a hoodie and i'm like i can buy this now because i know ryan jenkins <laughs> like these are my people now that's it yes Support your local farmer. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's just start with the basic. Uh, in the last week, I assume you know things have been cold, frozen, and you haven't been able to do too much. What are you doing this time of year when you're not really doing the traditional farming stuff? Well, usually we're we're still kind of wrapping up harvest. I had all my Facebook memories come back this week, you know, uh, and a lot of them were the last day of picking cotton over the last several years, you know, that those were the days that we finished. So it's typically right around Christmas time, give or take when we finish. So we did finish early this year and it's given us more time to kind of take a deep breath. But typically we finish up our harvest right now. So there'd be equipment to clean up and things like that. Um, we'd still be planting our cover crops and our uh, small grain crops and stuff. But this year with the cold weather uh, over the Christmas holidays, I know some of your viewers probably don't know this, but uh, we use water as ballast in our tractor tires. Um, so a lot of these big tractors that you see, the, the tires are full of water. Up north, they put antifreeze and stuff in them. Here, it never gets cold enough to really bother it, so we just fill them up with water and, and go with it. But uh, basically, all of our tires were frozen. Um, over that cold snap, and then it takes them two or three days to thaw out. You can't run them when they're frozen. So, really, we haven't done a whole lot of anything this week. We finished up some uh, end-of-the-year business-type work, going around and paying bills off before the end of the year and uh, collecting money from people that owe you money and things like that, just kind of some business-type work. But no field work this past week. We did, while we're talking about the cold, um, we did sustain some pretty good damage, I'm afraid, to our oats. We'll see if they'll grow back out of it, but they're not quite as cold tolerant as the wheat is that we grow here. So the freeze so, did uh, get you somewhat. Were, yeah, it, it yeah, it was. Uh, it got to 16 here, and it you know it never got above freezing last Friday. We had some significant cold weather. It was about three or four days of it, like everybody knows. And uh, it, I'm afraid that it may have ruined our oats. We'll, we'll we'll give it a couple of weeks and see what happens. But it, it definitely injured them. 
All right, I am st- I'm still stuck on the water and the tires thing, um, which is apparently normal everywhere. As you say, they put antifreeze up in the north to, to prevent them from freezing. What is the purpose of the water and the tires? That gives it more weight in, in the fields, or help me out? Correct. It gives you more weight, which gives you more traction. Oh, okay. And sometimes, sometimes you put the – it's all for traction, but the water in the front tires – helps uh helps weight the front end down when you're lifting up the heavy equipment so you don't pull a wheel on the end of the tractor right exactly so so this it's multifaceted but it's it's mostly about traction all right the 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 kid inside of me now wants to ask you this question have you ever on purpose pulled a wheel in a tractor be honest come on oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i I pull i'll I'll pull a wheelie on anything that'll pull a wheelie. <laughs> my my whole picture of you, I've been talking to you for a year, and my entire picture of you has changed. Like, I now have, like, pictures of Ryan hooping and hollering as he's, you know, driving down the field on two two wheels. You know, like, that's Frank. I mean, like, you know, that's kind of my picture. So, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Hey. There's a big part of me that likes to have fun. I can tell you, I'm just trying to be Mr. Serious when I'm talking to you on the radio. <laughs> well, you you can see you can seal it good for 51 weeks, you know, and then uh, that, yep. that and yep. the nut buggy. Um, all right, so <laughs> there you go. All right, so let, let's talk about some of because there's big issues facing farming. One of the big issues, and we've talked about this a couple times, but um, is that next generation of farming. <laughs> They're not there. Like the young farmers that are supposed to be taken over from you as you get to retire in a few years, that generation is not picking up the farming. How, what do we do about this? I don't know. It's, it's a, that's a very tough question. I think it that a lot of the newer generation, you know, doesn't really want to work that hard out out in the elements. I mean, sure, there are a lot of people that do, but there's a lot of people that don't. And I think, too, a lot of, uh, in all honesty, a lot of farmers don't really want their kids to be farmers because of all the struggles that they go through. And most of them, the struggles we're talking about are financial struggles. Yeah. Raising a kid, there's no better way to raise a kid than on a farm. But, you don't want them to not have financial stability. And a lot of times farming doesn't bring financial stability. Wow. That's, that's just, that's, and I don't know that that will ever, that will ever change. It's not that the, the farmer doesn't want their kid to be a farmer because of the work or because of being outside in nature all day or, you know, having to work hard. It's they're worried about financial stability in all honesty. So that's, that's, uh, you know, it's hard to overcome. There's been so many people I've talked to that grew up on a farm that would love to farm, and their parents said, you go get you a real job, you go get you a college degree, you're not doing this. Admit it. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're fighting that, and, and until we can make it uh, a better financial picture for agriculture, for years on end, I don't think that uh, I think we're going to always have a have a problem with it. Wow, and it's not like you know we can't just do without farmers. I mean, we you know I need clothes to wear and food to eat, and my kids do too. And wow, that's a uh, that's a sad thing to imagine. That's true, but I understand it. You know, I'm not blaming anybody. Just I understand it. Aside from the issue of getting that next generation of farmers to just be farmers, the other challenge that you and I have talked about sometimes is the moving of land from agriculture into particularly residential, right? You know, we're building on everything we used to farm on. And you had talked previously about the need to increase yields as population grows, which, of course, that's the, that makes sense. But do you do you see the threat? to agriculture from sprawl and development or is that something that people say but it's not really that big of a challenge in the overall picture you tell me it's a huge threat i would say it's the biggest threat um urban sprawl is real even in our little neck of the woods here it's 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 just it's decimating the farmland and what people don't understand is there's a few things people don't understand. Number one, we'll be quick about it. 
most people think that farmers own all the land that they farm, and that's we've, we've talked about that. It's probably, um, on average, 25% or so or less of the of the land farmed that a farmer farms is owned by them. Most of it is rented property from other landowners, so they don't have the true control to say, no, I don't want to sell that piece of land. Um, so that's why land is, changes hands so fast. You know, an older guy, an older retired farmer dies, leaves land to his children. They don't want to have anything to do with it. They see a big payday. They sell it, and then that farmland is gone. Um, and then the other part of that is not only are we losing the land, but the people that are buying the land and moving out of the cities, they're not ag. A lot of them are not ag friendly. They don't understand farming. They don't understand agriculture. So it makes it harder for us to do our job and do it as efficiently as we'd like. So there's, you know, there, there's a lot of problems with it. Of course, I would love to say, let's keep everything exactly the way it is from here on out. We can't do that. I also, in the same breath, don't want to say that I can tell you what you can and can't do with your land. Sure. I don't want to be told what I can and can't do with mine. So you know we're we're it's a very slippery slope and we're in a we're in a difficult time right now because now more than ever people are moving from the city into the country. They, everybody wants to buy five or ten acres and and develop it and and there you go. You know we just <laughs> the land's going away and we don't have any control or any plan or anything to try to make this thing work and it's not something that's going to be. Um, detrimental to us overnight, but in 50 years from now, when we can't go undo it, and people are hungry and don't have clothes on their back, they might think back to our little radio show. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah. We, no, and and I, and I understand that. You know, like like if if land is going up in price as it is, then the you know the opportunity for somebody who rents to a farmer to say well, I need to raise your rent or I might sell the land because it's a big discrepancy how much more money I could make or they pass away and they don't, their kids want to sell the land off. And so the, you know, the, the input prices of doing what you do go, I'm all of it. I, I, I get it. I mean, you know what, what I, what I want to see is I want to see our legislators get this too. And as part of the reason I wanted to do this series is I want them to get this and understand the significance of it so that if there is wise legislation to be done, I want them to be in a position to do it. Well, Ryan, it has, it has been a great year talking to you. Um, we will talk to you again. Again, first Monday of the month, we're going to continue talking to Ryan Jenkins. Uh, but, Ryan, as I've said many times, thank you for feeding and clothing my kids. Thank you for what you do. Uh, I really appreciate the information you've given us this year. Well, thank you so, so much for having us. I got one little quick farming fact. Oh, yeah, go on. right in. What you... 25% of all farmers are beginning farmers, and that means they've been in the business less than 10 years. And their average age is 46 years old for a beginning farmer. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's not young. <laughs> wow. No, that's what I'm saying. All I mean, right. they're already half wore out when they begin. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even probably know how to pop a wheelie. Um, Ryan, as That's always, right. man, thank you, sir. I'll talk to you again soon, brother. Happy New Year. Hey, y'all have a great week, and thank you so much for having us. I hope it's helped connect the dots for a lot of people. I, I, I will tell you that my entire image of Ryan has changed now. My entire image of him has changed. As the wheelie popping, Ryan, wheelie Ryan driving, <laughs> Ryan Jenkins. That's right. Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge of the nut buggy seat. Five forty nine on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. Adopt U.S. Kids presents. What to expect when you're expecting a teenager learning the lingo. Goat. G O A T. Acronym stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad. You're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Sundays, you get Christian Outlook at 7, Ask the Preacher at 8, Town Hall Review, Fox News Sundays, The Weekend, Tech It Out, and Gun Talk at 8. Always with you, it cannot be done.
Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> oh, look, we've got more Russian oligarchs getting suicided. Did you happen to see this story? It's like it never ends. It's like two more. Yeah. The, uh, and they so, always die weird. Well, um, you know, they all die. Weirdly, like there's this virus in... Um, in Moscow that causes people to jump out of windows of hotel that's right. rooms. right. Falling off building-itis. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's very contagious. Um, and it particularly afflicts people who criticize Vladimir Putin. Uh, so Russian sausage tycoon... I'm sorry, but it's Abe Froman is the sausage king of Chicago. Uh, he is. But <laughs> Russian sausage tycoon Pavel Antov has been found dead at an Indian hotel. Um, I assume outside in the hotel. Um, two days after a friend died on the same trip. They were visiting the eastern state of Odisha, uh, and the millionaire, who was also a local politician, had just celebrated his birthday and then, you know, just was overcome with sadness or drunkenness. They're saying he was drunk. Um, so, like, when one critic of Vladimir Putin falls out of a hotel window and dies, you think... Oh, that's one. But this is a pattern. I mean, clearly he was murdered. I, I, right? I mean, come on. Everybody believes that. He, uh, they actually have a word for it. It's defenestrated. That is to th- kill somebody by throwing them out of a uh, hotel window. Uh, he was 65 years old, fallen from a window in the hotel in the city of uh, Rayagada. Um, another member of his four-strong Russian group of Vladimir Budinov died at the hotel on Friday. And a uh, fairly wealthy guy, about $140 million in net worth. So there you go. Just um, if you're going to be a Russian oligarch, just don't criticize Vladimir Putin. 552 on News Radio 92.3. Candy's got our headlines. Candy? So this guy fell out of a window. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> holiday short and trading week kicks off today. The opening bell is set to ring for the first time since the markets finished the uh, worst year since 2008. The Dow nearly lost a. Uh, Nearly 9% for value in 2022. The S&P 500 lost more than 19%. The NASDAQ dropped 33%. Gas prices are up another penny. Uh, national average price for gas is up to, uh, for regular, 322 a gallon, 12 cents higher than a week ago. And Prince Harry defending his decision to speak out about the royal family in the British press. And previews for the two new interviews set to air Sunday. Prince Harry says that there's been absolutely no willingness to reconcile in the part of the royal family. They refuse to speak privately. And they come just two days uh, this before uh, the release of Harry's memoir, Spare. Uh, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, have spent years speaking publicly about their alleged uh, mistreatment by the royal family, starting with an explosive 2021 interview with Oprah, as we all remember. So... Those are your headlines. All right, very good. By the way, the the whole what? (laughs) No, I'm trying to think what they win. The whole issue with the stock market is actually kind of an interesting one because you know over the year it it performed poorly, right? Down (laughs) from like thirty six thousand to thirty three thousand. But just think about that for a second. The Dow is down to thirty three thousand. Down to thirty three thousand. Like in twenty twenty at the election. You basically had, um, you know, there was a there was a, f- a fall off in March of 2020 to 19,000. It was really low, if you'll recall, right after uh, President Biden became president. It had been previously as high as about 28, you know, 29,000, and then it dropped way off, right? Just uh, uh, just after pandemic kind of started, and then it has grown and grown and grown and grown and grown until a point of about 36,000 end of 2021, 2022. And then over the last one year period, it has fallen off about 3,000. But it's at 33,000. And so all of the talk about how the Dow has declined, though true, is a little bit, you know, in the historical context, being at 33,000 is pretty unbelievable. Like if you had told people in the 70s, you know, like, oh, it's going to, you know, the Dow Jones is going to be at 33,000 at some point. They've been like, what are you talking about? That's impossible. (laughs) Because in 83, for example, it was 1,100. Oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, that's the, like, you know, people don't really, they don't remember the historical context. Like, you know, at the turn of 2000, okay, uh, January 14th of 2000, it was at 11,000. So it's three times as high today. And just for perspective, I'm not saying you can't be sad you lost money in the Dow last year. I'm just saying, put it in the grand scheme of what that Mm -hmm. number means. 33,000 is insane. I just think minimum wage is still the same. Five fifty-five News Radio ninety-two-three. I'm Andrew McKay. I will be right by your side. Women can have it all, including heart attacks. But symptoms like jaw pain, nausea, unusual fatigue, dizziness, and backache are often different and more subtle than for a man. The fact is, heart disease is the number one killer of women. Know the signs. 
Learn more at getheartchecked.org. From Women's Heart Alliance, in partnership with Women Heart. Paralyzed veterans, Sean Halstead and Noah Courier. I was Air Force from 93 to 98. I got hurt uh, practicing combat search and rescue, fell off a fast rope, um, so shattered L1 vertebrae. I don't know where I'd be without paralyzed veterans. I've only seen that now. Unite through struggle, you know, that's what the Marine Corps and service is all about. You, you get tight and those bonds just get stronger and stronger the more you struggle together and the, the harder the hardship. And um, I don't know if it gets any harder than being a quadriplegic, so, you know, we instantly bond. Paralyzed Veterans of America is a nonprofit and it gets no federal funding. And we provide every service free of charge to every veteran and caregiver that we support. Paralyzed Veteran and PVA Executive Director Sherman Gillums Jr. Every life, every success, every recovery, it's tied to the initial investment you've had in us. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Hey, it's Andrew McKay. Hi, I'm Candy Cullerton. Hey, I'm Bobby Rossi. This is Gracie Wolf. Hi, this is David Wayne. Hey, it's Jenna Barb. Hi, I'm Steve Taylor. Happy New Year. News Radio 923. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. It's showtime is the I best like part of it. Yeah, yeah, gosh, I love me some Beetlejuice. Uh, that was Batman, by the way. Oh. Well, one of them. No, that's true. I know. <laughs> it's like when Terry Garvis and Mr. Mom, she was married to Batman. Weird. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that wild? Yeah. Wild, right? 557 on News Radio 923. Uh, oh, the, um, the UK Division of Climate Change Protest Group. Extinction Rebellion. That's a mouthful. Extinction Rebellion is the group and the UK division, which kind of sounds like they'd be some you know, new wave band. But anyway, um, Extinction Rebellion, they have now said that they are going to temporarily stop blocking roads, gluing themselves to buildings, and engaging in other acts of civil disobedience because they say such methods have not achieved their desired effects. You don't say. Isn't that weird? Yeah, if you're um, blocking a road and people are wasting more gas, I mean... Yeah, well, also... So, this is one of those, like... You know, Saul Alinsky was an evil genius, but at least he was a genius. Like, he understood how to be effective at things. Um, a lot of these modern protesters, they're just stupid. And by that, I mean they don't understand enough of human psychology to really think through, like, how do I get my point across? And, you know, I've always said, for example, people who block roads in order to pr- make a protest never make persuading, like they never persuade you to their side. Because if I'm stuck in that roadblock, I'm just pissed. And if I hear about them causing other people to be kidnapped temporarily on a road surface, like had that been my wife, and you know, that just makes me angry. It doesn't make me sympathetic to your cause. You know, getting attention, gluing yourself to a painting or a building doesn't make me believe in your cause. It just makes me think you're nuts. And that doesn't have the effect. So you've got to not just get attention. You've got to get people to believe that you're right. So they say, um, as we ring in the new year, we make a controversial resolution to temporarily shift away from public disruption as a primary tactic. We recognize and celebrate the power of disruption to raise the alarm and believe that constantly evolving tactics is a necessary approach. Um, Yeah, just find ones that work. You know, the old-fashioned way. Persuade people. (laughs) And one of the key things to persuading people is they need to want to believe you. But if people don't want to believe you because they think you're nuts, then you're not going to persuade them. You know, one of the key preliminary steps to persuasion is Make it so people kind of say to themselves, I don't agree with him, but I kind of wish I could. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620.